Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a podcast platform to share interesting conversations from the most successful leaders within the Stockholm tech community. My name is Sophie Gould and I'm your host for today. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by a great panel to discuss the topic of the future of Web3. Now, the term Web3 has created quite a buzz lately, and I know many people refer to it as Internet of the Future. So with that being said, I'm eager to introduce my panel, who are super passionate about this topic and are also very well versed with some of the ideas and opinions that they have. So let's get into the introductions. Um, I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and also what you're passionate about. And Emma, let's come to you first. Hi, I'm Emma. I'm the founder of a project called Cassette Monkeys and also the producer of an associated documentary film called Playing With Life, the soundtrack. Um, I have many passions ranging from music to art. Mental health is a big passion as well, which is uh, integrated into what we're doing with both projects. Um, And I'm excited to see what this tech can do for all of those spaces. Nice, thank you. And Lamar, over to you. Thank you. So I'm Lamar. I'm... uh... Uh, I'm the founder of Borderless Blockchain Alliance, and uh, I'm current uh, acting as CTO for CoolCat, uh, NFT project in the space. And then I'm on a lot of other projects as advisor or as a co-founder or CTO. And uh, my main passion in, in life is to make a change. And uh, I think Web3 allow, allows us to do that and opens up for humanity to take the next step, I would say. Nice, I agree. And I think some of the topics we'll come on to uh, really dig deeper into that. Um, And last but not least, Sumiko, coming over to you for your introduction. Hi, yes, I'm Sumiko. Uh, I'm the founder of Movement by Us. I started out as a crypto strategist company, and then we've migrated over into a project management for blockchain projects. And uh, I really believe in this space. I think Web3 is going to have um, a huge mark in, in our history books. Um, I do believe that is the next um, iteration of technology for the future, um, just for an education standpoint to um NFT deliverables. And I've been working on a number of projects. I'm COO on Astronova, which is a gaming component that we're building over in India. I'm also an advisor to a couple education projects here in the US. And um, last but not least, you know, really just trying to usher more women into the space and empowering us in Web3. Oh, nice. I love that. I think it's got some really good passions there. So I think now that we've kind of got a bit of intro into who everybody is and we've established a little bit of context, um, I'm definitely keen to just jump straight in because I think the talking points that we've got are really interesting and I also think they're going to be uh, quite deep conversations so we'll start with let's have a look um Lamar we'll come to your question or subtopic first which was more around education within web3 and kind of the next generation and how they interact with web3 so yeah please tell us more thank you yeah so education for me it's very important I focus a lot on education across the globe, mainly in uh, in the African region, in Asia and in South America. And uh, the thing is that I've been looking at the 
educational system that we have today and I think it's outdated and that's where Web3 comes in the picture because uh, with Web3 uh, it's way more easier than people think. It's all about people. You have to make people understand that and if, you, if we compare that to uh, our current educational system that, that, that we have, take finance, it requires a lot from people. You have to go uh, go to school, you have to spend a lot of years to actually be able to take part in it because the problem itself is that our finance sector is already complex. It is, but when you compare that to uh, Web3 and DeFi, it's not. It's very simple. So automatically people don't need to spend X amount of years to actually learn and, and, and take the step in. So if we take uh, someone that wants to have a career in, in Web3, it takes you six months, maybe one year if you're very slow. Uh, and then you can land a job where you make, I don't know, 100K, 200K, depending on uh, who you work with. And compare that to something else, uh, that's something that, that I call outdated our educational system. You can't have it. And again, we go back to the real problem is that the systems are very complex from start. And it's meant to, it's not meant for everyone, it's just for the few. And I think that's where we see what I touched on in my introduction, that this is the next step for humanity because people uh, align themselves with tech and tech moves very fast. So we need to give them new opportunities and new ways of making life easier for them. And unfortunately, uh, our outdated educational system will fail there they can't make education more easy. It's not possible. And the reason for that is that if the core structure is too complex, then it doesn't matter how you try to make, uh, say, the courses easier. It, it won't work. And that's where I personally, I put uh, my money in Web3. And we've seen it happen already. Uh, people that are in our network, students, uh, in matter of months, three months, six months, they already change their lives and they will never go back. So, and I talk a lot with the uh, university students uh, across the globe and they drop off uh, and um, they they take the step into Web3 because they understand it. There are young people that understand that what we've been learning, it's, it, it won't work in the future. And that's where you have the creator economy pushing in and, and, and showing that for people because you can sit at home, you can do TikToks, you can do whatever today and you can make money. So you see, if, if, if you look at young people today and where we are headed with tech, it just don't work. What Our current system doesn't work. And then I think the most important thing is that to actually be able to make young people interested in education. And I think one of the most important tools there are metaverse education and how you can make it more attractive for people to study, especially young people. And one of uh, the big problems uh, in a lot of countries is that uh, due to in inequality, uh, if you go to school, uh, you come from uh, an average family uh, with average income, like you can go dress up and, and, and buy the, the, the most expensive things. So, and that creates, that, that results in people focusing more on, on those things and instead of focusing on, on, on um, getting educated. And when it comes to uh, education in the metaverse, you don't have that problem because you can pay uh, the students uh, equally and they can flex, they can show off, they can buy whatever their classmates are, are, are having. So 
if, if you just compare that that small part I just shared with our current educational system, like it's 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 impossible to compete. And I think the faster people start to realize it, uh, the better. And I would say young people, that's not the problem. Uh, they, they will jump on very fast. I think the problem is the people that sits on the power at the moment because it's bad business for them. Uh, they believe in, in the system they've created and it's very hard for them to let that power go and, and give room for um, young people to enter the space. Uh, I know that uh, Sumiko is also uh, interested in education, so I would love to uh, hear her thoughts on it. Yeah, thank you, Lamar. I, I really um, enjoy the piece that you brought up about the, I want to say it's like the hierarchy and the transition of, of the older model uh, transitioning over into the younger generation. And, and it's unfortunate that we have legacy stipulations in between, you know, education uh, delivery. And um, until we as individuals, and I would call us our, ourselves as the we because we are an older generation who may have had uh, some type of interaction with setting parameters, um, the way students are supposed to learn and so forth. And I think it's really compelling that uh, we take a little bit more of a back seat and, and allow the younger people to kind of tell us where they want to go. I mean, we already, already see it with TikTok, right? So like TikTok dictates a lot of, of how we learn as people, um, even YouTube videos. There's been a times where I've been able to change out parts in, of my plumbing by watching a YouTube video. And so um, to hear Lamar and, and Borderless Blockchain Alliance move into the metaverse uh, to be able to teach young people um, a new skill set, right? To be able to take those learned applications and apply that to a new trade is going to be really important. Um, absent from, from moving into like education from a holistic standpoint, whether it's math or sciences or the technology, uh, with the creative arts side, I find that a lot of times we as human beings identify better when we're able to draw or uh, paint or produce music or listen to music, right? Um, I think those components, even in the US, we've lost a lot of funding in those areas um, in our public school system because you know we as maybe an older generation did not feel that it was so important. And I know one of the groups that I'm working with, Rose Academy, is really trying their best to, to bring in uh, more students in that environment to teach um, because we can pull them out of a dark place, right? We can uh, insert them into a new light in which they're able to monetize, they're able to grow within. And we're watching some of like our best graphic designers be some of like these, these kids that, that were in school before um, that really didn't want to pay attention to like your math and sciences. And they have gotten these killer crazy jobs designing some of the coolest environments and backgrounds in our metaverse. I mean, look at these NFT collections that have come out now that, you know, there's, there's some that are animated. There's some with color, there's some with music and audio in the background, but, uh, we would never have been able to tap into those resources without some type of transition, um, into the blockchain. Uh, so that from that piece, I'm I'm really excited uh, to to enter, uh, and I would love to hear more from Emma. Sorry, just unmuting. Um, we'll see. Also, apologies for the background um, noise. My my home has got building work at the moment, so I'm in a cafe where there's ambient noise. So apologies for that. Um, this is my answer. This is a fish. 
and this is a tree. And I think it just goes to what Sneaker was saying about, you know, I think our current education systems really are based around this model of everyone trying to fit into everyone must climb the tree. And if you're not in the tree, you lose and you're a failure. And you're, and, and there are just so many skills and capabilities that people have across spectrums of art, science, psychology, um, tech, that our current centralized education system just doesn't cater for. So I think having that flexibility, um, being able to allow young people and children to find what their thing is. Are they a fish? Do they need water? Um, are they a bird? Do they need to fly? I think, I think allowing them to run with that and as early as possible and then hone that and craft it and give them the tools um, give them the, the sort of incubation to be able to grow those skills and develop that experience and develop their confidence. Um, we don't really have that. I think in, in today's education system and the ones we, we grew up in, which I don't think have changed that much, um, I think it was really a case of, well, your, your art is an A, but your science is a C. So let's focus on improving your science. And of course, there's some merit to that on a basic level, but when have we used algebra in our adult lives compared to, you know, like learning how to manage my finances. I I kid you not, this is the first week that I actually started looking at proper like budgeting systems, which is really embarrassing to say, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Um, and it just it just really brought home to me how how lacking the education system is. That's not to say there there aren't great courses, there aren't great teachers. Um, I wouldn't be who I am today without those people in, in my life. Um, but I think the system as a whole, and going back to what Lamar was saying, that really it's, when you look at it from a business standpoint, right, it's like it's like decentralized everything. The reason why we want decentralized finance is to have more of a, um, a just a fairer system. And I think that applies to education as well. This is not a, a charitable institution or industry. There's there's money to be made. And where there's money to be made by the, the powers at play, that's where things get a little bit into, a, you know, into a gray area. So I think... Um, decentralized education is uh is the future and i think now is an exciting time to see how we um facilitate that um and be able to offer those uh, opportunities not just to students but to teachers and um i'm an ex-teacher um and i loved i love being part of education to a degree and the degree was if it was autonomous for the educator and for the students um, and then the other side of it is, you've got, I mean, I worked out myself and colleagues in a, in a British school, I think whilst we were doing our training, actually, we worked out that the hours that we've worked equated to about two pounds an hour, which is probably about three dollars an hour. Um, and, and it's just and you see these other positions that are, you know, making six figures and, uh, and, and arguably, well, we won't get into that, but, like, <laughs> but I just um, I think I think both for the students and also for the educators to have a fair recompense for the value that they're bringing to individuals and society. Um, and um, like Samika, we're, we're partnered with Rhodes Academy and also Onyx University, which is a digital uh, university. And through both of, uh, of them, um, we're going to be creating some courses together, which this year will go on the blockchain, which means I as an educator will receive X amount from each time that course is sold, right? And I, and I just think that's so exciting for creators educators across all industries um and and match match the growth in the industry that we're seeing with the likes of youtube and tiktok like education DeFi, not DeFi, but decentralized education is already there through these platforms we just haven't yet figured out the business model to adequately compensate people creating that education um so i think if we can bring the demand and bring what's happening naturally 
to an organized, fair, decentralized uh, landscape, whether that's the metaverse or, or not, but Web3 in, in, in its totality, then I think that's, yeah, I think that's the future we're all aiming for. That's a great point, Emma. I, I never thought about that comparison and the correlation uh, between the decentralized position of like the YouTube content creators to have them not just monetize, but for that to live forever. Because there's a lot of people that have created content for years and never received a dime. Uh, so that really levels the playing field. And, and I would agree with you about um, the cost of the salary base for instructors. Even in the USA, and I don't know if this is a global situation, but during the pandemic, we watched the, the great resignation, which was a lot of the educators leaving those spaces to go and find more fruitful opportunities financially. Um, you know, like the school system is wonderful. It's, it's a great place to, to have a couple months out of the year with vacation time. Um, but the compensation financially back to the instructor was is not as adequate as it should be. And those are the people that are teaching our kids, right? Like those people should have a different um, financial tiered system, in my opinion, uh, just because again, they're creating the next generations of leaders so uh, thank you for bringing that up Emma yeah thank you so I can't tell if I'm muted or not it sort of goes on and off am I not am I okay you can hear me um yeah absolutely I, I just think as you say um and obviously I'm slightly biased being being an ex-teacher but um I just think when you look at the the value of the education system who, who do we want teaching our children do we want people that are getting fair um equity, pay slips, whatever it is, in exchange for their knowledge and skills that they've honed over a long time? Um, or do we want a system where teachers, I mean, the education industry uh, is notorious for being one of the most stressed out industries, the pressure that's on teachers. And I'm sure that's worldwide. I'm sure it is. Um, and so that then gets filtered down into the education of, of the kids. Um, and you look at that on a mass scale, I mean, I think there are other factors at play, but we're living in a mental health crisis and I don't think the education system is helping that. Just having, you know, 10 minutes of mindfulness a day is not enough when your teachers are all stressed out and, and have depression, anxiety and taking time off and um, can't bring the max of their ability to the classroom because of the business model um, and, and the way that the education industry is set up across across the globe so yeah i think there's a huge opportunity to serve not only students but educators which of course then feeds back into feeding um supporting their students yeah and i think what emma just said about uh, teachers they don't get enough salary or whatever and that's the main thing that you that's why you can't compete with uh, with what's going on in web3 because in web3 people value you for what you bring to the table and if we look at our systems they don't so say teachers say teachers are very important so why don't we uh, value them they should in my personal opinion they should have the highest salaries because they uh, it, it's not just about they helping some people they help all young people children and those children come from different backgrounds so if, if that's the future then why shouldn't we put all our focus there. And that's the reason why we don't see any change. That's why we are headed in, in, in one direction just, and that's that's been the case for so long. But if we were to put value and value people that helps uh, change our future or shape our future, then that would help us actually make a change and make a difference. But uh, with 
teachers quitting. Uh, you have the same thing in healthcare, like people that actually matters. We don't care about them, and I think that will change a lot uh, in in Web three. We we've already seen it, and one of the main things I would say is that it gives you the opportunity to be you. So if you're a teacher, you like to teach, you're way, you have way more flexibility and you will get rewarded for what you actually do. So it's not like, oh, I have to do it. I go, I want to teach, but I still have to follow um, uh, certain rules uh, uh, and, and I have to align myself with that. But when it comes to tech, like you're free to teach whatever you want. And if people likes it, you will get immediate feedback. So like looking at it that way, it's, it's, it's impossible to compete. And I just hope people start realizing it as fast as possible. Um, is this working again? Sorry. Um, just to follow on from what Lamar was saying as well, I think one of the exciting things about decentralized education is with the current status, you basically just have a lottery of opportunity in the sense that kids are going into schools and whoever the adults are there, that basically is going to shape their future. To a, to a large percentage. Um, so I think when you, when you open up the world, quite literally through the internet and through um, Web3, you can then connect the quote right students to the right educators. Whether that's, um, you know, your dream is to become uh, a TikTok creator, you can connect with other TikTok creators. Whether it's to become a neuroscientist, you can then connect hypothetically with some of the best uh, neuroscientists uh, in the world who eventually could all come together in some way through um, uh, Web3 education. So I, I just think from, from that perspective as well, that it, it just presents a lot more opportunity um, to match, you know, match people up together like that. Nice. Thank you all for, for kind of contributing there. I think there's some, just sitting here listening, it's very, very inspiring hearing kind of where we could get to and, and the kind of world we could live in. Um, yeah, and I, I like the the analogy of the fish in the tree. I thought that was quite clever. Um, brilliant. So let's move on to another topic, which again, very, very interesting. Um, and that's yours, Emma, in terms of Web3 and the playing field for kind of musicians and up and coming artists. And how can Web3 level the playing field, but also what will then be the barriers or potential blockers to that so yeah tell us more yeah so i think um obviously similar to, to many aspects of uh, decentralizing the education system i think the music the music industry is just so top heavy right we have these monopolies that dictate what happens and even even the top zero zero one percent of musicians that are, are making a living from um from music um i don't think they're even getting the fair compensation for for what they're doing um so i think I think really this is at the core of a discussion about decentralization and what Web3 can do for that. Um, but with music and art specifically, I just, I just think it, we're living in a time where we can have more of a level playing field, but we haven't yet. And I think this tech is potentially the bridge from where we're currently at to the potential of what we could be at. And to give those artists um, the opportunity to, to not even necessarily make a full-time living. I think, and, and I speak as a musician and artist myself, even just to kind of feel like what you're doing has meaning and that um, there's maybe even enough of a part-time wage to balance that with your, your other work or your other job um, that would allow you to keep creating, right? And that actually feeds into the education discussion because if you've got people creating and doing what they're passionate about and what they're good at, they're honing their skills they're becoming more of an expert in their field. And then we have um, those people able to, to share their, um, their experience in that. 
Um, and so I, I think there's a lot of opportunities. I think right now there's so much noise and so many things being created, which is great. Um, but it's also, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because I think it can be quite confusing for artists and musicians to sort of work out where they can go and how to, how to um, improve their careers and, and kind of find opportunities in the space. Um, but yeah, I think, I think in terms of being able to monetize their work, build community, um, I think they're the two main sort of ROIs on the potential of Web3 for musicians and artists. Um, and it's just a case of how, how, we, how we allow that to happen and um, sort of overcome some of the barriers that, that I think are, are there. So yeah, just, just interested to hear um, everyone's thoughts on, on this. Yeah, I would say uh, when it comes to uh, at least art, we've seen NFTs opening up that market. And, and that's the thing. I think the only thing that's missing at the moment is the platform. So if we look at uh, artists, they create uh, artwork. They have different platforms where they can actually, they have, they have the market there. They can reach out, people decide, is it something good? Am I attracted to this? Okay, then I'm, I, I will support it or I will support the artist. But when it comes to music at the moment, I, I know that there is a lot of projects trying to, to tackle that problem uh, and because they see that, uh, say, from, from a cake of 100%, only 10% is, is out there for you to actually be able to, to split. And I think everyone wants to be first at it. And luckily, uh, the people in charge of, of the music industry, they haven't made any move in. Uh, their only way forward to actually be able to continue uh, rule the, the, the web-free space would be through a private chain, a solution through a private chain, but they haven't done it yet. They are still waiting uh, because their current structure works very good, uh, but I think they will fail there because uh, there is amazing um, artists with with the background in music. They've seen those problems and they are trying to create new platforms like they did with NFTs, where you can actually have a platform and you can start selling uh, everything you create. And uh, and and the thing is that why people would be more attracted to it, say the community, because now the, the the 90% of the cake that you would never see, you can actually take that and split it between your community. So it, it gives way more incentives for, for people to start uh, uh, following a, a musician or an artist. And I think that's where we are headed. It's all about finding the platform. And I think uh, from my understanding, there is at least six, seven uh, interesting projects to follow there. And uh, one of them will succeed. and. I would say in one, two years time, we will not have that problem. Same way that we have OpenSea and we have all other platforms today for NFTs, we will see the same thing for music. And, and Lamar, can I just ask you, do you think, um, two part question, do you think that there will be a kind of one-stop shop place for musicians like OpenSea? Um, and do you think that's the best thing or, or do you think there's, there's gonna be a sort of uh, a, a range of, of different options perhaps divided by genre? Um, perhaps divided by tiers. How do you think it's actually going to look in terms of the landscape for Music Web 3 in a couple of years? Yeah, that's a very good question. I would say how I see it, I would want it to be way more free. I would, everyone should be able to create and, and, and we should have a, a, a system where you have, uh, uh, you have a broad reach to a big market, but the way people are at the moment, the way society are, we need to align ourselves with that. So even if you've been touching on decentralization it's amazing i'm all pro decentralization but the problem is that people are not ready for it 
that's the problem, even if it's very attractive. And I always give the same example here when, when I have these kind of discussions is that the majority of the people I know, they are pro-decentralization. And But when I ask them that, okay, if this is the reason why you're in Web3, why you're building, why you're investing, then how come we have Solana uh, peaking at $70 billion, but we have Algorand peaking at $2 billion, where Solana is 100% centralized, Algorand is the closest thing to decentralization you can come. So you see, even if it's attractive uh, and it sounds good, I don't think society is there. And that's why I would say that how we are evolving at the moment, uh, one main thing to think of is that, I will answer your question very soon, but I need to touch on this, is that uh, even if we want to have decentralization, full decentralization, it will take a lot of time because first off, how can we make it attractive for people? And the problem there is that engineers created blockchain. It sounds weird, but that's the biggest problem because I'm as an engineer, I understand exactly why we have it and what we try to build. But if if you look to other people, like they don't understand it. It's too complicated. Why would someone spend like I do 18 hours, 20 hours a day every day to learn new stuff, to be in, in, in this space? Like that's not gonna happen. Maybe 1% does that, but what about the 99% that's that that's left? So I would say uh, even if it would be way better to have a fully decentralized um, ecosystem, uh, the first steps will be uh, to have one platform that that will make it much more equal for musicians and then hopefully after that we will see new things but i would say initially to actually make just make that move from what we have at the moment i would say we need one platform and that uh, imagine say spotify but you as a musician you have more opportunities you have like you can decide okay this is this is this is my album this is my song and what i can do with it is basically okay I own 100% of it, maybe the platform takes 1%, 2% or whatever, and the rest I can decide on, do I want to keep everything for myself or do I want to align myself with how young people think today and how the creator economy works? Okay, I take 50% of my earnings and I split it with, with, uh, with the community and I incentivize them. Then it means that they market the music themselves because they see it as a way to make money as well. So it's, it's, uh, I think that, that that's the first step. Uh, hopefully, we, it, it will look differently in the future. You almost yeah. create a demo like that, too. <laughs> Sorry, Smeeker, what did you say? I, quite I said you can almost create a DAO with what Lamar is uh, sharing, right? So, like, if you're taking your 50%, your you're giving it back to a, a group of people. Let that be their voting mechanism to say, okay, like, this is the direction that we want to take this album in the future. Um, you can give your audience a different... Um, you know, voting mechanism. Transitions like either hip hop or electronic music. Um, you know, I mean, it, it almost reminds me of like the SoundCloud face, right? If, if SoundCloud could go to Web3, that would be ideal because I think a lot of like indie artists live inside of that environment uh, versus some of Spotify. And um, I really truly believe that you'll be able to, to um grow each of those economies and like Lamar's point about having one location house all of your artists and your musicians you know maybe that's what it takes you know we, we look at um some of our very first social media platforms such as myspace and how that further evolved into all of these other articulating um social media uh, environments and do we do that here with the artists and the musicians? I mean, I think musicians absolutely need 
uh, their payday um, of all of the artists. I think that they've been bled the most. Um, you know, if, if you take a hundred percent of what an album does and, and the very fractional piece of maybe a less than 1% that they actually take home. Uh, that's, that's really debilitating uh, to want to co continue honing the craft, right? And learning and um, presenting that information back out to people through the sound or, or the lyric. Sorry, it's taking me about an hour to unmute each time. Um, yeah, I completely agree with what both of you have said. And I think I saw a couple of days ago that uh, for every million streams, um, I think on Spotify, um, it, it equates to about $3,000 in revenue for the artists. Like what other industry can you imagine where your product or service reaches 1 million people and you get a three, 3K for it? Um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, again, <laughs> I don't know why I was a teacher and a musician, but hey, it's the way things go. <laughs> um, but being on that side of the fence as well and just you know doing a gig for like 50 pounds, which is what, $75 or something and things like that, it's, it's, it's disheartening. And yet each, each track to produce costs like a thousand pounds. So if you, if you want a really high quality track. So um, yeah, I think, I think Web3, I think the DAO element is, is really important and kind of kills two birds with one stone in terms of um, bringing in that revenue to kind of level up your career but also um, accumulate a community and connect with the people that care about your music. Like I've always said, for me personally, success is not having 10 million people. For me, success would not be de defined by having 10 million people play my songs just because it's on the main platforms and people are listening to it because their friends listening to it. But to have, say, 10,000 people that genuinely care about your music and that buy your records and buy tickets to come to your show and care about what you're doing. And I think having that ability to connect with your audience and community one-on-one -on -one through live streams, um, through a DAO, uh, maybe through sort of um, talking behind the scenes with them, inviting them into your rehearsal studio through the web, and maybe if they hold your NFT, um, they get that exclusive access. Like I think the whole the whole essence of how blockchain can um, uh, harmonize and, and cu cultivate relationships, human relationships, I think is really interesting. And then Lamar, just to finish off with going back to what you were saying about decentralization, I completely agree. I think. I think it's a great thing to aim for, but I also, you know, I'm a, I'm a realist as well as, as much of a dreamer and kind of hand in hand. Um, but I think for me, I use I use the term decentralization quite quite lazily, I suppose, in the sense that for me, it's not just about the tech, but it's about the decentralization of industries, right? That that filter down approach. So we don't have this kind of top heavy power where if you're quote a successful musician, it's only because Universal took you on um, rather than like I said, having that, having your own model of success. Um, and I think that's where Web3 can allow that sort of decentralization in, in the macro industry sense rather than just the, the tech sense. But yeah, I, I agree with everything that you, you both said. Yeah, and I I would say it's it's totally possible uh, because now you, if, if we just touch on NFTs, like nobody knows the founders uh, at start but look they they have blue chip projects at the moment and that's what you can actually do because now like you said it's not someone deciding on what will be mainstream and i think it's 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 open for everyone i would say as long as people don't have any excuses uh, they can do it especially now uh, before no but now they can do it it's all about 
doing exactly as you want and just trying it out because the thing is there is so much support in the space a lot of people want to may it be music may it be something else people want to support that because as i said people like the idea of decentralization and they will try to support as best as they can so i would say uh, soon we will see a change there nice that was again a very very inspiring topic and i personally really like the the touch on like you said the relationships the building relationships between artists and the listeners building music communities um I think that really kind of stood out listening to, to all three of you. So thank you for, for the contribution. Um, and Sumiko, the final point um, is from yourself, which digs a bit into the transition from Web 2 to Web 3 for small businesses and mid-cap businesses. So, yeah, tell us about this. Yeah, so I think a lot of times we as company owners and business owners fail to recognize new opportunities to create revenue stream. And I think with Web 2, moving into Web 3, right, there's, first of all, a huge knowledge gap, right? The, the education of what blockchain is and, and how it's going to help build um, the future and, and technology advancements is missing uh, from that conversation. But if we look at most businesses, right, every business wants to thrive and, and grow in some capacity, but we're so close to the core value or the core visions of, of what that business is that we don't sometimes step outside of it and hover above and just say, okay, like if I take a pause moment and really build and align myself with individuals or, or uh, time for myself to, to move in these different uh, streams of, of new income, then we, we sit in a siloed environment financially, right? And so what I like to do is talk to the CTOs, talk to the CMOs, the chief marketing officers, the people that make the decisions and say, listen, if we can approach your business um, and take it from a web two to a web three, where we have these different components of NFT community building, right? Um, your company will have a different type of longevity in the future. We watched that with the pandemic. We watched so many companies uh, send their their uh, their employees home, their advisors home for six to eight months, and then they never really fully recuperated after the pandemic restrictions were released. And um, and that's across all sectors. Um, I would say it, there's a minimal um, uh, minimal touch against like the manufacturing side, just because I know that that was like a really and and also with healthcare. But then you add in that those mixtures of of mental health, right, and 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 pay structure, of of removing some of those stipulations that the individuals would have to reach in order to fully succeed. And I think looking at Web two uh, and pulling it through the trenches of Web three, again, the knowledge gap. We've got to go in and educate from the top down. Uh, to let them know, like, this is really going to be monumental <clears throat> to future growth, and it won't keep you in a mature stage uh, within the <clears throat> the life cycle of a business. So I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on, on how you see that transition happening. And if you really think the knowledge gap is truly uh, that missing piece to, to tie in the parameter of blockchain. I would say... Mm -hmm. First, yes, I agree. There is lack of knowledge there. But I would say the most important thing to to realize when I speak to Web2 uh, companies, I had a, when I started out, I was talking to, I tried to convince Volvo, the car manufacturer, uh, to 
to go over and leverage Oracle's blockchain to trade uh, to track XO40 batteries, and it took me two and a half year because the way they see things, it's it's is what they've been they they've been teach to 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 do, and it's basically people compete with each other. People don't like to collapse. That's why you have everything is private. You don't want to share your data, and and I think that's I think it's all about the mindset there. So, and and as long as you have that, you can't evolve. Not today, and that's why we see Web three projects today move much faster than 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 uh, other industries. And I would say one of the main thing there is to give back. That's missing at the moment. And what I mean by giving back, say. Normally, people give back a, a small a coupon. I don't know, worth one dollar, five dollar, ten dollars, and to 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 get uh, data that they can later sell, and it works. A lot of people they they think it's attractive, even if it's just five a coupon of five dollars. And I would say it's all about how much you can give back. And what I mean by that is that take take our platform, uh, Borderless Blockchain Alliance, is that we have an ambassador program. So. Our ambassadors get access to everything we have. May it be expertise, may it be whatever they need in the space to evolve. And in return, without us asking anything, they bring on bring in so many deals to us. So you see, it's it's all about how you think about it. And I would say, as long as we are stuck in in that mindset of no, we can't collab. We have to keep everything a secret, and and we should make as much money as possible. It doesn't work, especially not today, because the more you can give back, the more you will receive. That's that's common sense. And uh, uh, I, I, me personally, I've 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 um, experienced that with Volvo two and a half years to just convince them about something that's so simple. And in return, when they did it, they got a lot of hype. And now I think almost all car car manu manufacturer tries to do the same thing because. Um, uh, in their case, it was tracing uh, cobalt, and that's a big sensitive topic today. Uh, now everyone is doing it because it's it's out in the news that yeah, you use uh, um, uh, child labor for that. So you see, it's it's, and I think that we 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 get back on what uh, Satoshi mentioned in 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 his initial document was that if if you don't if you don't get it, you don't get it. Period. And and I think that's the thing to understand. That's why we will see a collapse of, I would say, majority of what we see that we, we've been used to, because no one will stop and, and actually take the time and effort to help them uh, transition into a tree. There might be, but it will take too much time. In, in the meanwhile, we will see new projects in this space that will come and become the new Amazon, Google, whatever. Maybe not Google. Google is a, is a very... A big mountain to to tackle, to be honest. But everything else is is replaceable, and we will see that. So uh, I I love that uh, Miko is touching on that, and she wants to help Web two companies uh, transition. But uh, me as an engineer, no, I think it's too late. Um, yeah, I I think it's a really interesting topic, um, and I I hope I hope we can uh, get there. Uh, whatever that actually actually means, but I, I think I think one of the issues is is the the rep that Web three has at the moment. You know, people people see a lot of um, media pieces and new, news articles around this scam and this hype, and um, I think the branding of Web three hasn't hasn't helped, and I think that's unfortunate. It's panned out that way, um, but I think it can change, um, and I think right now the whole space is finding its feet, and from that, when when the dust settles a little bit. Um, I think more trust will come through. And I think with that trust, 
then you'll see more of these Web2 companies looking to branch out to Web3, knowing that they can trust in certain individuals, companies. Um, I think I think we can liken it to the the advent of the internet, right? Where a lot of people were skeptical about about what that would mean, and um, and and now everyone uses it, obviously. So I think I think it's going to be a similar thing. I, I think if we look at the model of, of how the internet. Um, precipitated into society and just kind of evolved over the years I, I think it's going to be a similar um trajectory um and and i think ultimately you know every business has to take risks at some point you you grow or you don't um and and i think again going back to what i said at the beginning i think the, the branding of, of web3 sometimes is seen as too risky and potentially scammy and it, obviously those those elements are out there but i think underneath that when you look under the hood it's this incredible opportunity to build really incredible things and i think at some point every single company is going to have to take that risk and they're either going to do it when the risk and reward is higher or they're going to do it when the risk and reward is lower and potentially um you know uh, regret not coming in sooner but that's obviously down to each um each company each industry um, and probably is going to be a little bit of just the old word of mouth. You know, if, if there's some CEOs down at the pub together and one of them said, oh, I've, I've worked with this Web3 company and they're great. <laughs> That's quite possibly how things will evolve. So and if 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 the if the outlets are more positive uh, with regards to uh, the news coverage and, and, and things like that, which I'm sure is happening um, and, and hopefully happening on an uh, exponential scale. But I think um, I think when the rep, the reputation uh, of transitioning to Web three becomes better and better, then I think we'll see more of it. Yeah, I would I would say what am I saying? It's it's hundred percent accurate. And and what I mean is that we've been talking about this. I think the past two weeks that this the current market conditions that we have uh, at the moment globally, but also in crypto, is that this is the last chance for people. Uh, and I know that a lot of people say that, oh, no, we are still early. But uh, uh, I personally, I don't believe that. I would say that this is the last chance where we're going to see new ecosystems and platforms uh, being created. After this, when we get to the next bull run, uh, we will not see that. Sure, you can come in and transition into Web3. You can maybe do something small. You can create a dApp, whatever, and, and start uh, using that but creating an ecosystem this is the last chance for people to actually do and that just if you see how fast we've been moving and what what's out there to be honest and what's coming with them uh, with the next steps of take i can take an example take polygon polygon is very heavy into the um, zero knowledge proofs and they already uh, pushed out their first uh, release so we, when, when we start touching on that then it means that you open up for institutions banks uh, where it's a lot of transactions, they will start to leverage that. But again, if we go back to what I said, that's already created. So you see, you can start using, that's why I mean that we're going to see new Amazon, new maybe not Google, but all the big ones, we will see totally new ecosystems and platforms. And then it will be, it will be too late, to be honest, because you will not be able to have a big impact. And that's what we saw with internet. Uh, the, 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 the biggest companies, multi-billion dollar companies back in the days, they all collapsed because they thought that it was just a phase. And we are here at the moment. The only thing I think is very sad is that with with what Emma mentioned, that branding here, it's it hasn't been the best thing, but maybe because it was mainly engineers in the space and that's the real problem. Uh, but that 
have stopped so many people to actually enter the space and maybe it would look much different if we had other people joining and creating their own platforms and ecosystems um, but uh, as i see it now it's already happening uh, we already have those platforms and I don't think much will be different in, in, in that sense, but we will see uh, much more use cases uh, and uh, I totally welcome that. That's a great. I, I agree with you, Lamar um, and Emma. I think you guys brought up some really good points and um, it's interesting to to hear your timeline of, on ecosystems. I would agree with you with an extent where I spoke to a lot of uh, engineers back in the 17 18 um, downturn of the market and where they are today with their build and, and their trajectory and business um, allocation right like they have they've almost like 15x themselves in some cases because they built during the downtime and and I know um, between movement bias the Kasai's over in India um, and our team with Rhodes Academy everybody's building during this lull time. And, it, and it's truly the crucial moment um, where once we get on that bull, we're just going to ride it out. And I, I do agree with Lamar and the, the capacity of having the new Amazons live on Earth. I mean, I've talked to so many different e-com businesses across the globe who are really looking to move into Web3 because Web2 was so great. I mean, e-commerce by far outperformed their brick and mortar uh, counterparts. Uh, during the pandemic. Um, I think that's why we saw a lot of people do a lot better of a producing uh, opportunity in different sectors when they didn't work from home just because they were in a more comfortable environment. Um, so we'll see that play out across the globe and I'm just so excited to be here with you guys and, and rock on in Web3. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, amazing. I think uh, I think that really sums it up nicely and puts a good end to, to this whole conversation. Um, I mean, I've very much enjoyed sitting here. I've kind of been taking notes on, on what you've all said. And I think the listeners, when, when we get this published, will have some very, very, very insightful takeaways from all of the points you've made. So I definitely just want to take this opportunity to thank all three of you. So Lamar, Emma, Sumiko, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and advice and opinions on this topic. Um, and yeah, thank you all for listening for the listeners out there as well.